Welcome to the Two and Two podcast. We're glad to have you with us today, Stephen. Do you have a question for us? To start I do. Us out today? I do. Well, we're we're entering Christmas season, and um, I'm really excited because you know I'm, I'm back here with Blake again, and Hannah is joining us again this week. Most so importantly, I have, a, I have a, a Christmas question for y'all. Okay. And so, you know, Santa Claus. Okay, this is this is the layup. What saint? Is is the 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 theme person for Santa Claus? Is this like answer first type thing? Like yeah, Saint whoever. Nick? Yeah, Saint Joseph. Yeah, it's so it's Saint, Saint Nick. Nick. <laughs> but now here's here's the hard question. Okay, who's Saint Nick? Do y'all know who he is? I believe he was a man. I don't even remember what country, but that he like threw coins. Possibly, there's several different stories about All Saint right. Nick. But so I'm learning stuff now. <laughs> I didn't know this. He <laughs> threw coins or something to a poor man's daughters because they didn't have a dowry. I could be wrong on that. I looked it up like a year ago. Oh, I'm going to say you're correct. right to me. (laughs) So he's actually a bishop of the church in the fourth century. Mm -hmm. Um, His name was St. Nicholas, and he was just, he was known to be very generous, Mm -hmm. and he was very giving. And so there's a lot of stories. It said all the stories that I read were the first accounts of his life were written about 100 years after his death. So it seems like some of them were very exaggerated, but he was known to be a generous guy. So he'd see people on the street and give money and things like that. So that's uh, good old St. Nicholas. Yep. So he was the, the Bishop of Myra. Of Myra. Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah, there you go. So now you've learned. I've learned a little bit about dowries. And you've <laughs> and learned, learned Myra had her own bishop. So that's there you go. good for her. Yeah, that's, so we, uh, we know about Myra now. Um, but this week, or this month on the uh, 2 and 2 podcast, uh, you know, Hannah had shared something with us in staff meeting uh, a few weeks ago uh, that really hit home. And so we're talking about our testimonies. We're talking about sanctification. Um, and especially just a, a big part of our culture here at Gateway is sharing our faith and telling people about Jesus. And one of the most important ways we can do that is sharing our testimony. Um, and so Hannah, we're just going to start with you and just kick it off. Like, can you share with our listeners just how you came to know the Lord? Yeah, so it started, I was actually born into a Christian home, and I made the decision to be a Christian when I was very young, so young. In fact, I don't remember it happening. Um, I got baptized when I was eight or nine, and I just remember I was 11, and I was sitting on my bed and just thinking about the fact that I didn't remember accepting Jesus, and I got a little nervous, and so Mm -hmm. I just said my own prayer right there just to make sure, because again, I was just nervous. Um, And so I just continued on in that. Um, I was actually, I was homeschooled, and so I had Bible for a subject in school. All Mm -hmm. of our curriculum was biblical. Um, We were at church all the time. Like, anytime doors were open, we were there. We were always there early. We stayed late. Um, And so for me, like, being a Christian just meant doing those things, like making sure I was at church or portraying just this, perfect type of person, like checking off the boxes, doing Bible studies. We did those at dinner. Um, And it wasn't until I was 21 and I actually moved to Austin to go to cosmetology school. And it was kind of there that like my faith was truly tested, Um, just being away from my family. And I didn't know anybody. I was like, I could reinvent myself if I wanted to. (laughs) But I was like, that's a lot of work. And so I didn't. But it was there that I just, I realized that my faith was real but um, it wasn't until I moved back a year later that it was just, again, it was just a lot of that um, 
I was trying to personify, is that the right word? Yeah. Just being a Christian and what that looked like. And I wasn't really allowing God to do any work in my heart because I was just checking off those boxes and I felt like that's all I needed to do. Um, And so I started later on that fall, I started working here at the church part-time, but also in a salon part-time. And that was when like my real refinement, I started happening. And so that was about four years well, three years, really, because then the summer of 2022, because we're in 23 now. Yeah. yeah. So about two years. Um, that truly is where I believe, like, I really allowed God to take hold of my heart because he started revealing things to me that I didn't know about, like, that I was afraid of my reputation. And so that's why checking off those boxes was so important to me. Um, I struggled with pride. And so, but in just... Like, the last two years have been just really refining and just, like, allowing him to take hold of me and do those things. And so while I have been a Christian my whole life, it hasn't, it's only been about really five or seven years that I've truly been active in that. Yeah, and so a a big part of that, when you shared that in staff meeting a couple weeks ago, you kind of laid out a little bit of a, a graph talking through sanctification and that process. Uh, are you able to kind of talk us through a little bit? I know it's a little, you don't have a whiteboard to be able to mm-hmm. do the graph, uh, but I, I want to talk a, uh, a lot about sanctification today. And can you just talk us through some of that graph? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a pretty simple chart. Just imagine like a timeline. On one end is when you're born. So that's when your timeline starts. And on the very end of it is when you die. So somewhere along there, if you become a Christian, um, that's like your salvation point. And so mine was when I was a child. So that's, you'd kind of draw a cross there and that would be your salvation. So as soon as that happens, that actually becomes um, kind of a past tense thing in your life because you've now accepted Jesus, your eternity is secured, and you will go to heaven when you die. Um, But it's during that, like, after you become a Christian up until that point that you die, it's this progressive sanctification. Um, and sorry, let me clarify. Yeah. So salvation is, that's the past tense because that is, um, like it happened in the past. And then glorification is that future tense of when you have died and then you go to heaven. Um, both salvation and glorification are things that only God can do because, it's only by his sending Jesus and Jesus's obedience and death um, and atonement for our sins that we're able to have that option to go to heaven. Um, and so that's, we are saved from the penalty of sin in that moment. And again, that's only something God can do. And then that glorification is that future tense. And that is again, only something God can do because that is when we are saved from the presence of sin. And so even when we become a Christian, we're still going to sin, um, and we're still going to struggle with different things, but we're saved from the penalty of it because we've accepted Jesus, and then at some point we're going to um, be saved from the presence of sin when we go to heaven. But it's during this middle point, this present tense, um, and it's this is our progressive sanctification, and this is like... God wants to do a work in us and he gives us his Holy Spirit to start that sanctification and that refinement. But unless you are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you, like it doesn't happen. So that salvation only God can do and the glorification is only because of God. But it's that sanctification that 
it has to be both because yeah. we have to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work. I love it. Yeah, and, and you know, Blake, I want to get a little bit of input from you as our pastor of just the yeah. importance of sanctification right. uh, in our life with Christ. You know, I, I immediately think of you know Second Timothy in chapter two. Uh, it talks about how we're called to cleanse ourselves so that we can have a purpose for for our Lord. Um, and you know, the the thought of that verse to me is like that's the idea of sanctification of of reading scripture, coming to church, being involved in the things that that make us believers, that that grow us in our discipleship. Um, but you see that that aspect of it, like the Holy Spirit's doing a work, the Lord's doing a work, but at the same time, we're putting in this this effort to pursue the Lord and to know Him better and to cleanse ourselves so that we can be used to the full extent that He wants to use us. Right. And, you know, that, so uh, just with that being said, like, I just want to hear from you a little bit of just for our, our leaders in our church that still face battles of sin on a day-to-day basis, like, what's the importance of that sanctification for us? Yeah. Well, it, it is so important. And I, the, a verse that comes to mind is Colossians 2, 6, and I guess verse 7, 2. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I, I do think we sometimes have a tendency, it's exactly, Hannah, what you were describing earlier, of going... You know, checking the boxes, right? I do these things. I've read my Bible. I'm, I'm serving at church. I'm, you know, I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. And I think the element that we might miss sometimes is that faith element because that going back to the verse I just read, it says that just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, well, we receive Him by faith, right? Mm-hmm. We know that. But then somehow we think once we receive Him by faith that it's up to us to live it out and to grow on our own, in our own ability. And it's not. You know, we, we grow, we live in Him just the same way that we receive right. Him. And I agree with that. There is a partnership there of our surrender and our daily, you know, uh, surrendering to uh, the the leading of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit and all those kinds of things. We have to do our part. But even that doesn't really come from us. You know, faith itself is a gift from God. Right. And so it's... It's not relying on ourselves and our ability as much as it is just pouring into that relationship that is based on faith and watching what God does the more we put into that relationship. Yeah. Well, and just having the faith enough to kind of step into to areas and places where we know it's going to be beneficial for our sanctification mm-hmm. is yeah. huge. I know regeneration for you, Hannah, was a just an instrumental part of that sanctification oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, that's been big this year. Yeah. Can, can you speak into a little bit of how regeneration has kind of helped you through that process as well? Yeah. So there is a point in it, it's your inventory, where you just have to go back and look through kind of all of your past sins, which is kind of weird. And mm-hmm. um, But they ask you different questions, and so you just work through these questions. And so you list the sin you list um, who hurt you or who you hurt because of it and then what your reasoning was. Like, what was the um, what was the thing that you were struggling with, like the sin that caused you to do that? And so a lot of mine, so many of mine, were all pride or my reputation. Because, again, I was just so concerned about what people thought of me mm-hmm. um, that I just, like, I put up a face and a front. And... So just realizing that and just in the freedom of being able to be honest and open and just like, 
that was that was really helpful and that God just opening my eyes to that and then just being able to walk through that with other people um, yeah. was very freeing. That's great. Yeah, I think you know, I think there's barriers to sanctification and I think authenticity is one mm-hmm. of those major barriers. Yeah. And so I'd I'd love to just talk for a few minutes on what it is about our Christian culture that sometimes we don't feel permission or allowed to be able to say, I'm struggling, or here's where uh, the thorn in my flesh is, um, why that is built up in, in a lot of Christians' mentality of that I have to be perfect, and they don't understand that process of sanctification like you were talking about mm-hmm. in, in your your graph. Um, what do you think eliminates some of those those barriers that stop us from being authentic about where where our struggles might lie. Mm-hmm. I say let's start with those of us in the room that yeah. are involved in ministry. Um, it's not modeled very well. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the reasons why we don't see that because we tend to um, replicate what we model, yeah. right? And so if all that is put out there is... I've got it all together and don't ever struggle and don't have any problems, well, then other people are going to feel like they need to, um, to to at least project that as well. And I think the flip side of that, you mentioned regeneration earlier, that's one of the things that's so powerful about that ministry is that there is just a culture of transparency and authenticity and talking about struggles and mm-hmm. talking about sin. Um, and I think the more we do that, the more comfortable people get. And they're like, oh, okay. So if they can talk about that, then maybe I can too, and I, I don't have to hide it. And so I, I do think a lot of that comes back to, you know, I, I think about Paul saying things like, follow my examples, I follow the example of Christ. Well, my mind goes toward that means he's doing it all right. You're right. right? Follow his example because he does. And, and, and I think there, there was a lot that he was doing right. But then, you know, there are other times where he talks about, I just read this morning, uh, 1 Corinthians, where he's talking about in weakness, you know, coming in weakness and fear and not with wise and persuasive words. And he's saying, look, I, I had to be dependent on God because I wasn't able to do this myself. And so having that kind of, you know, this willingness to talk about some of those challenges and struggles and weaknesses can really, I think, facilitate other people doing the same. Yeah, and I think... A big barrier for that, especially for those of us in ministry, but even those that are in in, in lay leadership in the yeah. church, um, it's the fear of the consequence if I talk yes. about mm-hmm. these things. And you know, I think that's one of the biggest things when I have people come to me and or they confess or or I'm confessing with my accountability partner. Um, you know, the the consequence we shouldn't be afraid of the consequence. And I think the re, one of the big ways that we can eliminate that fear of the consequence is to. Like the consequence has to be there, uh, but how we walk somebody through a consequence is extremely important. Yeah. And I think in in a lot of people's Christian walk, that hasn't been modeled really well. Of like, how do you? That's definitely a part of the sanctification process as well. It's like, how do you walk through somebody that's struggling, who's mm-hmm. had a sin issue? Um, how do you lock arms with them and and work through to see God's redemption on the other end? And the easier thing is, I'm just going to wash my hands of this, and they can deal with this consequence on their own. And I think that's that has been modeled so much in our, our Christian uh, in our, our Christian sphere um, that it's caused people to be very gun shy to to mm-hmm. be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the consequences are always going to be there, and they should be there. It's a good deterrence, and it's also a good way for us to be 
uh, sharpened and made new and, and part of that process. But how we walk people through consequence, I think, has to change uh, a little bit in, in how we lead people and how we allow others to lead us as well. Yeah, I would agree. Something I would add to that, too, though, is like knowing like we have to know who our safe people are mm-hmm. to be able to share those things because gossip is such a big thing in our culture. And yeah. so I think there's a tendency not to share with somebody because mm-hmm. you're nervous about everybody else finding out. Yeah. Um, but also just knowing who you can share with in those there are things that you don't have to share with everybody and it's just learning and understanding where kind of that line is and how it shifts. Yeah. And it's where those dynamics are of like having somebody that's safe to talk to, but also somebody that's safe that isn't just going to say, Oh, I'm glad you told me, but is willing to walk through the hard parts of that Mm -hmm. as well. And not just going to tell you it's okay all the time, but can be, you know, in, they can, can be able to communicate some things that are difficult that are harsh and that you need to hear, but also do it in a loving way. And it's that those people that can balance grace and truth really well. Um, And I think that's another aspect of our sanctification is being surrounded with people that, that understand both. Mm. Um, And so, you know, as we we, we're wrapping up talking about um, sanctification, you know, we, we've uh, talked about it being a process. We've talked about regeneration. We've talked Mm. about the importance of, um, talking about these things as part of our faith. Um, and, you know, I, I really want to encourage people to in, you know, small group settings of not just to convey that their life is perfect, but to, to in, in your community that you've developed close friendships to be able to be authentic um, and transparent about some things because it's also really great to see what God's done in the midst of that. Um, so talking about your sanctification is an important part of our, our faith. Um, what are some steps, what are some things that we can do to encourage um, our listeners, people a part of our church, uh, to step into that? So I know accountability partner is huge, um, but like how, do, how does their scripture reading become part of their sanctification? How does being a part of their community become that? What, do you have any insight to, to, to help people step into that, that process? Yeah, it, one of the things that comes to mind for me, you talk about scripture reading and time with God, is just to, to journal and mm-hmm. write down what, what's happening. Huge. Um, I did that this morning and realized it had been about three weeks really? since I've done that. You yeah. know, sometimes it's less consistent than it should be, but it was really interesting even just from what I wrote today. I went back and read the last time that I'd written something in there, and it was almost exactly the same thing. But it's it's just a, that that is a good avenue, I think, for for learning to be transparent start with something that you know just between you and God and but as you're reading you're really asking God you know I'm not just reading just to check a box but show me what I need to hear today mm-hmm. and you know what the takeaway is for me from what I'm what I'm reading I think that can be a good place to start that's huge that's huge well and you know like I said before like I, I hang on to that second Timothy verse so much because like I want to be useful to God I, like I want to have a purpose and I want him to also use my failures and the things where I've, I've, I have, uh, the things that I've learned from to be able to turn that and use that for ministry to the good of myself and to the good of others. Um, and I think that's what sanctification does. It, it allows us to see God's redemption on display um, through us. And if we're not willing to be authentic, if we're not willing to be transparent, and we're not willing to allow God to mold in us who he's, he's wanting us to be, 
Um, we don't get to celebrate that redemption. Um, so Hannah, we get to celebrate a lot of redemption with you talking about sanctification today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. With, with Thanks Blake for having me. Blake, it's always great to be on this with you. And, and thank you all again for listening again this month to the Two and Two podcast. Remember to uh, click the notification bells, all the things that, that will indicate when new episodes are out. And we will talk to you next month.